Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Let's get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on YouTube. Subscribe there. We're so thankful if you subscribe there. Also, you can find the podcast anywhere that you can find your podcast. And we're so thankful that you guys have uh, have found us today. All right, so I am I'm very excited to do this podcast, right? Um, number one, because it's a really good topic. But number two, I'm also trying to build this mindset myself. So I'm, I'm sitting here working with you um, as I'm in the process of building this mindset myself. So our topic today is, is very simple. It's, it's actually one word. Our topic today, what we're going to talk about, is just entitled good. It's just entitled good. Well, what, what does that mean, good? Like, what are you talking about? So this week... I was listening to a speech by a uh, by a former Navy SEAL, right? And you can, you know, uh, his name is Jocko uh, Willenick, right? And in this speech, he was talking about, uh, like, you know, in the field that, uh, you know, that he did as he was a, as a Navy SEAL, but also he translated that over in life. So in life, you know, it's all about making adjustments, right? Through the unexpected turns of life, right? All of us have unexpected things that happen, unexpected things that pop up. All of us have it. So he mentions the good concept, right? I was like, what is the, what is the good concept? He says, anybody that ever came up to him, right? A former Navy SEAL, uh, someone that he knows personally in his personal civilian life. Anytime anyone had a personal problem or a team problem, no matter what it was, he would always say good. I mean, no matter what the problem was, he would just say good. And so his team and other people were so confused. And I was even confused as I was listening to it. I was like, how is that good? Like, I don't understand. And he said, everything bad that happened, he said, it's an opportunity. He said, good. So this means no matter what the situation is, you're going to get better. Good. Oh, you have this problem? Good. You learned. Oh, good. Now you can figure out a solution. Good in his mind means that you still have the opportunity to fight, but you also have the opportunity to get better than what you were. So that's why he always said it's always good. So for us, which is an awesome concept, but for us, life is full of like unexpected problems. And sometimes life is full of expected problems too. So not just unexpected. But what should be our attitude as Christians during these crises in our lives? I propose to you that scripture teaches this concept. Good. Just good. So that's what we're going to get into. And I'm trying to work through this. So I'm working through with you um, because I want to try to gain this mindset for myself. So uh, number one, as we look through this, I want to notice a specific text here. Before we get started, because what we need, what we need, we need a basis text in order to understand, uh, you know, this good concept. So go to Mark chapter nine, if you will. Mark chapter nine. And I believe it's verse number uh, 50. Yeah, that's what it is. Mark chapter nine, verse number 50. Now, remember his concept. He always said good. Now, watch what Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter nine, verse 50. Salt, which is us, right? Salt is good. 
But if the salt has lost its salt, saltiness, wherewith shall ye season it? Has Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. So now let's think about this concept for a second. In his mind for that Navy SEAL, he said no matter where he found himself in, he said good. So Jesus said salt, which is us, guess what salt always is? Salt is always good. Now, before we move in, let's explain what this concept is and let's explain what this concept is not, right? So this concept is not this. So when you have an unexpected personal problem or something wrong goes in your life or something that you didn't want to happen goes into your life, it's not a, well, let me cover it and let me just say it's good and then I'll just move on. That's not what it is, right? So this is this is not an idea where you don't feel anything and you just cover every bad thing that happens in your life and you just say, ah, it, it'll be all right. That's not what this is. But what this is, is this. So it's understanding that, yes, this happened in my life. Yes, I feel it. Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I, you know, yes, you're hurt from it. But then after you feel that pain for however long you need it, then you say, okay, how can I learn from it? You don't, you don't mask it. You don't cover it. You don't replace it. You work through it. That's what this concept is. So now Jesus says, and no matter what situation you find yourself in, if you're a Christian, you're salt. And guess what salt always is? Salt is good. So now here's our three points here. So let's look at point number one. Salt is good when things in your home are not. Salt is good even when things in your home are not. So there are some Christians who have grown up in the church. There are some Christians who've grown up they have a faithful father. They have a faithful mother. They have faithful brothers and sisters. There are homes like that. But there's also homes where there might just be a faithful father and a faithful son, a faithful mother and a faithful daughter. That might be it. Sometimes they don't know what it's like to have a unit in the home that is faithful. Right? So there's different types of home. There's divorce homes. There's single parent homes. There's so many different types of homes in the church. But when you think about it, what do we do in this situation? In this situation, no matter where we find ourselves in, even if you are a Christian, guess what? Jesus calls you to be what? Salt. So let's look at this for a second. <clears throat> salt does three things, right? Salt does three things. Salt seasons. So when something tastes bland, right? When you put salt on it, it tastes so much better, doesn't it? Because it seasons it. Salt also can clean, right? Salt is in certain in certain cleaning agents, so it's able to make something that's dirty to make it better. Then number three, not only does salt season and, and clean, but salt preserves. Sometimes when you put salt over certain food, you can use it to preserve it to make it last longer. So now... Guess what Jesus is telling us? Okay, you're salt in a Christian home that's been, that has a faithful father and mother, everything's okay. But then you're salt in a home that may be broken, or maybe you're the only faithful one, or maybe just you and another person is faithful in your home. So you have two situations with two Christians that are both salt. So what does Jesus tell us to be? In both situations, you can affect your situation by being salt. And Jesus said, 
no matter where the salt is planted, salt is always what? <laughs> it's always good. Salt is good. So now let's look at this. Look at Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. And um, let's look at verses 19 and 20. Now, again, as you're turning there, here's our context. So if you don't know the account of Joseph, Joseph at a young age, around 17 years old, right? He was loved and beloved by his father, Jacob, but his brothers hated him because of the dreams that Joseph had. And so Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. And after he was sold into slavery, he worked for Potiphar. Then after he worked for Potiphar, then Potiphar's wife accused him of doing things sexually with him that he, with her that he didn't do. So now Joseph is thrown in prison. Then Joseph helps the butler and the baker in prison. But then after that, then they forget about Joseph for two years after one of them is released. Now Joseph comes back out of jail. And now there's a famine in Egypt and now they need help. So then they call Joseph and Joseph says, hey, we need to uh, preserve uh, this food for seven years during this famine. So now Joseph is now in second in command in Egypt. So Joseph went through 16 years of terrible things happening in his life. So Joseph doesn't sound like he came from a very loving family, does it? You know, I I can't imagine my own brother selling me in slavery. That's not a that's not a very loving family, is it? So now when you think about this, Joseph had every opportunity for those 16 years to say, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm not worthy. I'm not them. I don't have the right situation. So therefore, since these things aren't lining up for me, I can't be salt like he can or like she can because their situation is better. So it's easier for them to be salt. That's not what Jesus said. In Mark chapter nine, Jesus didn't mention our situation. Jesus said, if you have put me on in baptism, if you are salt, guess what salt always is? It's always good. So now, look at what happens here, what Joseph says in, in, Joseph, or in Genesis chapter 50, starting in verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, the ones that hated him, the ones that threw him uh, in the pit, the ones that sold him into slavery, now the ones that come to Egypt asking for bread, now needing his help. Joseph said unto them, I hate all of y'all. You know, I wish you could have been there during my years in jail. You don't understand the pain that you put me through. You don't understand this. You're going to have to work in order to get this stuff. That's not what my Bible says. Joseph said, fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, all those evil things that you thought about me, those things that you did to me, you thought it evil against me. But God meant it unto, what's our word? This is crazy. What's our word? God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So Joseph understood, okay, I can't change the fact that my brothers hate me. I can't change the fact that someone accused me of doing something I didn't do. I can't change the fact that I'm in jail. I can't change the fact that the person that I that I helped, that I asked not to forget me, forgot me. I can't change that. But guess what Joseph thought? I'm still salt. And no matter where I am, guess what I can still be? I can still be good. You see, even in these type of situations, 
right? So we took, remember, what's our point? Salt is good, maybe even when things in your home aren't good. So even in a broken home for you, guess what God is still saying unto you right now? He's not saying good that you're in a broken home, but now that situation's there. So now he's saying good. What are you going to do about it? If you're salt, you're going to sit here and complain and just accept your situation and just accept, well, this is just what it is. You see, that's a weak-minded person. And that's actually somebody that God can't use and he won't. God's saying to you right now, be salt, be good in your situation. Be the salt that I called you to be. But here's what we do. Instead of looking at things that way, we look at the reasons of why we can't be salt. Well, I'm the only one in my family that's trying to go to worship. I'm the only one that's trying to love God. I'm the only one that's trying to do this. I'm the only one. So instead of thinking of reasons why we can be salt, see, and when you really think about our excuses that we give, what have we really done to try? So when's the last time you actually sat there with your family to have a Bible study? Or even asking a Bible question. You see, Jesus calls you to be different than they are, even if you are related by blood. Now, here's the scary part about this, guys. This is the very scary part about being salt. If you're salt in a broken home and you're not being the salt that Jesus wants you to be, what Mark chapter 9 verse 50 does, it literally takes away every excuse that we will give that we that we're giving to ourselves and other people now and that we'll try to give to God on the day of judgment because Jesus is going to look at us and say well I understand your family wasn't but you decided to put me on a baptism so guess what you were supposed to be for them you were supposed to be salt why weren't you you see, God always puts the situation right back in our lap every time. Here at the local congregation, I told him I'd give him a shout out yesterday. We have a, a deacon, great guy. I, I appreciate him and his family, Curtis Moore, right? And um, he's he helps with, uh, you know, organizing worship, right? And so there's some Sundays where, you know, service starts at 1030, you know, it's it's 1027, right? And maybe dad's not here yet, right? Maybe he's not feeling well. Maybe the song leader's not here yet. Maybe he's not feeling well. Maybe the guy that's supposed to preside over the Lord's Supper is not here. He's not feeling well. So now he comes up and he grabs a group of guys and he always says this, brethren, I have an opportunity to excel today. So now it's set, it's three minutes before worship and you don't have someone to preach. It's three minutes and you don't have someone to do the Lord's Supper. It's three minutes and you don't have a song leader. So now guess what that is? That's a problem. But he doesn't present it as a problem. He presents it as an opportunity to excel. So now that puts it in our court as men. So which one of y'all are going to stand up and do something about it? We can sit here for three minutes and complain of why the person is here. Are they going to be here? Why aren't they here? We could sit here and complain about that for three minutes or one of us could actually take the opportunity and get better. See, that's what salt does. What salt does, we take opportunities that happen in our lives and we find ways to get better. I don't know about y'all, 
But again, as I'm working on this mindset for myself and building this for me, I'm tired of like when things happen, I'm tired of um, complaining about it or sulking about it or wishing things would be different. It's not. So it's not different. It's not changing. And according to what you see now, it's not going to change. So therefore, all right, so what are we going to do? It's an opportunity for you to get better. That's what Joseph saw. Now, here's another example. Not only was Joseph salt in a broken home, but Jonathan, someone that gets overlooked immensely in Scripture. Jonathan was was salt in Scripture. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. And we're going to look at verses uh, 30 and 33. 1 Samuel chapter 20, um, verse 30 and, and 33. So now if you don't know anything about Jonathan, Jonathan and, and David were were best friends, right? But here's the situation. Because of David's ascension, because of what he was doing, David was was killing Philistines, David killed Goliath, David did all these things for the kingdom. But Jonathan's father was King Saul, and David did all these things underneath Saul. So Saul got jealous of David. So now you have Jonathan and David who are best friends, but because of Saul's hatred for David, now Saul doesn't want Jonathan with David. So now, what do you do in this situation? This is a bad situation, right? So now let's look at what Jonathan does. First Samuel chapter 20, starting verse 30. So now look at what happens here. So they're at the dinner table here in, in the context. And what uh, Jonathan or what, what David tells Jonathan is, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I'm going to go over to Bethlehem to go see my fathers, right? So basically they're here and David's seat is empty. So now Saul wants to know where David is. Look at verse 30 of chapter 20. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said unto him, thou son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't you think I know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own confusion unto the confusion of your own mother's nakedness. And now watch this. Now he threatens his son for as long as the son of Jesse lives on the ground, you as my heir, you will never be established and your kingdom will never be established. Therefore send and go get him unless you die. So now Think about how bad of a situation this is. Jonathan loves David as a best friend, but Saul hates him because Saul is the one that's jealous. So now guess who has to suffer because of this? Jonathan. So now this isn't a great home situation, is it? But guess what Jesus said? Salt always is. Salt is good. So Jonathan could have been like, man, I'm out since my own father saying this to me. What hope do I have of being salt? I can't really do this. My family's dysfunctional. I can't really be salt. I can't do this. He could have said that. But Jonathan was salt. So now watch what Jonathan said. So Jonathan, his father's yelling at him like this. But notice how calm he stays. Verse 32. Now Jonathan says, he said to his father, why shall he be slain? And what has he done? Those are valid questions. He said, look, dad, what has he done? What has he done? 
But because of Saul's hatred for him, watch what happens, verse 30, uh, 33. And Saul cast a javelin at his own son to kill him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to kill David. You see, Jonathan, in his own home, he was still salt. So now, as we looked at these two examples, for you, have you been salt in your home? Or have you been the person that's just accepted it and accepted your situation and just like, oh, well, it is what it is. So I'm just going to stay in my comfortable situation and I won't do anything about it. Look, I'm saying this because I love you again. But again, I'm saying this because I care. Number one, you're not salt. Right. Even if you are a Christian, you're not because you've already conformed to your situation. So we can either do two things in our homes. We can either conform to just that this is just what it is, or we can, as individuals, we can still change. So if you've been in your home and all you've done is just conform to what everybody else is doing, you've already lost. Unless you want to change. But it's, I haven't seen a situation where someone has truly conformed. I haven't seen it yet. Because the family pool is so, is so strong. And I understand it. But that's why Jesus said later, if you love father, mother, sister, brother more than me, he says because of their pool, because of what they feel and think and what they say in their advice, he said they will always pull you away from me. You can keep coming to worship. You can keep reading your Bible. You can keep doing those things, but you will never be the salt that I need you to be. And Jesus said, then then you can't be my disciple because you'll always have a stronger pool than me. Jesus knows what he's talking about. So here's three things as we close our first point. Here's three things that salt does when bad things happen in their lives. All right. So number one, salt, they look at whatever just happened. They look at the bad situation and they're very, very honest with themselves. And they recall, okay, the bad situation is here, but before, before it happened, did I do my absolute best within my power before it got here? Did I do my absolute best? And you answer that honestly. Then number two, after you've answered that honestly, then two, if you have given your best foot forward, then instead of wishing things would change, instead of hoping things would change, instead of just instead of stalling in life, waiting for things to change, they accept it. They accept, hey, I tried my best. I put my absolute best foot forward for for whatever situation that was. It wasn't good enough. So I'm not going to I'm not going to wish things are going to change. I'm not going to hope I, I accept it. So now, does accepting it mean that you don't feel it? No, you feel it. You can still feel and still accept something. So you accept that, okay, this bad situation is not going to change, right? There's nothing you can do to wish it away. But then number three, here's what they do. After they accept it, then they find opportunities to get better individually for God. They find opportunities. So Jonathan and Joseph... They looked at their situation. Had Joseph done anything wrong? Did Jonathan do anything wrong? Nope. So they gave their best in their situation. 
But could Jonathan can or could could Joseph control his brother's hatred towards them? Nope. Guess what Joseph had to do? Accept it. Could Jonathan control his father's hatred towards David and eventually his hatred towards him? Nope. He had to accept it. So now, is that a situation that both of these guys wanted? Absolutely not. But could they change it? Nope. So they had to accept it. So now, when both of them accepted their terrible situations in their home, did they stop being salt? They got better. Jonathan still helped David. Joseph still helped his brothers. They they got better. Salt is good. So then number two, not only is salt good when things in your home are not. This Y'all, this is my favorite podcast right now. This is crazy, man. Oh, there's so much. I can't wait to, to help other people with this. All right, so two, salt is good when things in your home are not. But then number two, salt is good when you're the only one. I think there's a misconception about this. Um, obviously, the more salt that you have in terms of Christians, that is the better. That's awesome. That's great. But, you know, salt can still be just as effective by itself. So, yes, if you had a whole bunch of people that were salt, that's huge. But if you still have one person that's salt, that's still huge, right? Salt alone can still be effective. So look at this. Look at Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And um, let's read verse 5, and then we'll jump down to verse uh, 8. All right, so this is, again, recounting the flood. And so verse 5 is going to explain how bad the earth was at this time. So verse 5 of chapter 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So that sounds like a situation where you don't have a lot of salt around you, does it? And notice, he said the whole earth was like this. This wasn't a county, right? This wasn't a this wasn't a state. This was the earth. The earth was like this. So now, notice Noah doesn't have a lot of salt around him. See, this is where and this is what kills our our young people when they're teenagers, and this is what kills our college people, and then it transfers to when they're adults. Man, no one else is really going to that Bible study. I'm not going to go. No one else is really doing this. I'm not going to go. You see, we have this we have this mentality where we can't do something unless a whole bunch of people are there. If you do that, you'll never grow up. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If you if you do that, you'll never grow up. Because what if Noah, and look at what look at what the Bible says in verse 8. But Noah, being the only salt, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So what if Noah just would have sat there, man, there's no other salt around here. Man, there's nobody else like me around here. So what if you just would have sat there and complained that no one else wanted to do what God wanted him to do? Noah couldn't have been the leader to save his family. You see what salt does? Salt, it's it's effective. Even if you're by yourself, salt is effective. Sometimes we think because we're doing something by ourselves that we can't be effective. That's 100% false. Now, am I not saying that you want you want you want as many people there 100 percent? But what happens 
if a Bible study is happening and one person shows up. One Real quick, before we keep going, um, Matt Jones, a guy that I highly respect. I love this guy to death. He, he taught me so much. There was a time where we worked together. And sometimes when we did like a really fun activity, I'm talking about like going somewhere or doing this, 50 people show up, right? It's ridiculous, right? But then when we did something where we just chilled out, maybe had a Bible study, maybe had a prayer session, four, five. So Matt and I would sit in the sit in the office and talk sometimes, and sometimes we would be so discouraged because, well, why does why does fifty sixty people show up when we want to go? You know, when we want to go, you know, do this event or we want to go to this outside mall and we want to do this, but when we actually want to do what we're supposed to be doing, five people show up. So we got very discouraged. But then we had we we adapted the mindset. We're gonna teach and we're gonna give a thousand percent of who shows up. So during those times where we just had study, we didn't have a big thing. We didn't do something after we literally just studied and we prayed together and maybe four people showed up, maybe three people. We gave a hundred percent as if a thousand people were there. And so that grew our faith and that grew those that showed up their faith too. So we can be effective even if it's a smaller group. So here's this example. Uh, here's a secular example, my guy, right, Tom Brady, right? So he leaves New England, which I was sad about, right? He leaves the Patriots, and he goes to Tampa Bay. Think about this for a second. Here's the effect that one man can have. Tampa Bay had won a Super Bowl since 2002. Tampa Bay hadn't been to the playoffs in I don't know how long. Tampa Bay was a constant 9-6, and 9-7, and seven, right? 8-8, eight and eight, just average as average gets. Tampa Bay had no standard. People weren't scared of him. People didn't fear him. People didn't. People weren't afraid to play him. One man. One man walks into the building. Everything changes. Look at the interviews. People say when Tom walked in, I realized, man, I need to. I need to study my playbook more. I need to hold myself to a higher standard. You see. You see the impact of one man, and in one year. He took an organization with the help of his teammates. He took an organization that was literally trash. And now they're feared. Now there's a standard. Now they're champions in one year. Think about that for a second. That's crazy. So think about salt. Salt is always good. So don't you want to be that person? And I want to be that person no matter what congregation I find myself in. Right? that I can be there and I can have that type of effect. Man, when 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 so and so showed up, I wanted to grow a little bit more. Right? When Jordan was there, I I wanted to grow my faith a little bit more. I wanted to hold myself to a higher standard cuz I saw how hard he was working. I saw how hard he was giving. I saw how hard he was doing this. So I can do it too. Salt is always effective. One piece of salt in a congregation can change it for life. Even alone, you can affect change just like Noah did. He affected change. We can be effective. But here's the thing about salt. In order to be effective to help other people, you have to be effective on your own. So guess what that takes? It takes self-motivation. 
takes self-study, self-discipline, self-this. I mean, it's hard. Here, here's here's a book I want y'all to uh, check out. You know, I understand why my mom always said read a book a week. I get it now, right? And this is what I'm trying to do. So if you're watching the video portion, I'm holding the book up. The book is called How to Survive Change That You Didn't Ask For. Bounce Back, Find Calm in Chaos, and Reinvent Yourself by MJ Ryan, right? Great book so far. Um, but notice, I want to read just a quick excerpt here of what it talks about when you're trying to help people. Because as salt, that's what we do. We try to help other Christians and we try to help other people. So this is what we do as salt. But here's what other people don't realize. And sadly, this is what even some Christians don't realize. They don't even realize that they need help. They have become so comfortable in their situation that they think they're doing what's right and they're doing absolutely wrong. But as salt, here's how you can have effect on those other Christians and other people. Watch what he says in this book. In times of change, we can't afford to waste time on why can't they see that the building's on fire. So some people's lives are literally on fire, but they become so comfortable with the heat, they're okay with it. Uh, I really don't want to I really don't want to do anything different than my family is. I'm good. I really don't. I'm okay. They become so comfortable as they're burning in fire that they've gotten used to the heat. But now he goes on to say this. They can't see that. But you as a leader, you can see that they're burning. So it's your job to help them see the situation for what it really is. And to think with them about all the resources that you have to come up with to help them respond. So when you think about people's lives, sometimes we become so comfortable that we think we're doing okay when we're not. And sometimes, guess what salt isn't afraid to do? Salt isn't afraid to say, hey, you need to wake up. Hey, the way that you're living, hey, I'm saying this because I love you, because I care about you. The way that you're living right now, <coughs> it's not going to lead to a, a, a great situation for you. It's just, it's just not. So when we think about this concept, why are you going to sit there as salt and watch people burn? Why are you going to sit there as salt and watch people, you know, think they're doing okay and you don't, you don't change or you don't do anything at all? Then you're not salt. Salt is good. Salt is always effective. So then uh, number three. So now check this one out. So not only is salt good when your home circumstance is not, not only is salt good when you're the only one, but three, salt is good when your circumstance is bad. Salt is good when your circumstance is bad. See, many of us, and myself included at times, we get paralyzed. And we almost break because of certain things that happen in our lives. And sometimes what we'll do, we will let our circumstance define if I want to be salt or not. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we'll let our circumstance define whether I want to be salt in this situation or whether I don't want to be. So again, again, this, the same book, y'all need to get this book. 
the same book talks about how people in this situation, they're in denial. And I can't tell you how many Christians I've met that are still in denial. They think they've got the solution. They think they're doing exactly what they need to do, but it's really denial. That's what it is. So they feel like denial for their minds is a solution, but it's not. So look at what it says. Excuse me. So it says this on denial. Denial can take many forms. Denial can be a refusal to actually admit that there's a problem. Denial can be an inability to actually look squarely at their situation. And denial can be a, um, a problem to not take action. Or it can certainly take attempts to make the situation better that are actually futile. So this, these are some questions or things that people in denial will say. Well, why try? See, salt never says that. Salt never says, why try? Salt tries. Salt never gives up. But then also, she says, he says this, eh, it won't make a difference. That's the phrase people in denial, they, they literally come to a, a serenity about themselves. Uh, I mean, if I would have did it, it wouldn't have made a difference. If I don't do it, I'm used to this anyway. That's denial talking. That's denial talking. And notice, this is what denial really is. And this literally might be you right now. Denial, deep down, what it really is, we're afraid that the problem is too big or too hairy to cope with. So instead of trying and instead of being salt, I'll find a reason and excuse to make myself feel better as I'm burning. So we ignore. So literally what people in denial do, they ignore that the problem's there. And if we know that the problem's there, then it means that we have to give up something that we're strongly attached to or even addicted to. And we might pretend that nothing's going on so that watch this so that we don't have to do the painful work of change. <laughs> oh my dude. So this is this is why this is why two things. This is why people don't want to change in their lives and these are the same people that complain. But two, this is why people won't be salt and this is why Christians won't be salt. Cuz guess what salt requires? In order for you to be salt, you have to change. And so here's the crazy part, guys. I'm trying to picture this, and it, it's it's hard for me to uh, wrap this thought process in my mind. You're in a situation right now <clears throat> where you've accepted your situation. Yeah, you might still go to a Bible class here, here, there. Yeah, you might still go to worship here, there. You might go to an extra study and do this here or there, but you're really not going to make any changes, okay? So you're a person, right? I'm saying this because I love you now, all right? So you're in a situation now where you're burning, and you've become so comfortable with your fire that you're okay. And when someone comes on to try to quench that fire, you don't want them there because you're so comfortable in your fire, okay? So now... Here's what's going to happen. When we've been in that situation our entire lives, in a, in a quote-unquote, that's a fake fire, can you imagine 
being judged and now you have to live in eternity and real fire. And here's the, to me, I understand fire is painful and hell is going to be hot. But here's, here's the pain of hell to me. The pain of hell is going to be the heat, but the worst part about it is going to be the memories. Knowing that I could have changed, knowing that I could have done better, knowing that I could, but because I got so comfortable, I'm good. I I didn't want to do the hard work it took to change. It's a scary thought, man. That's a scary thought. But salt is always good when your circumstance is bad. Here's an example. Look at Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. And I want to notice verses uh, 8 through 11. All right, so here's our context here. So the children of Israel just lost a battle to Ai. Terrible loss. But notice, Joshua starts grieving over this loss. But notice what God tells him to be and how God tells him to to, uh, respond after this happens. So verse number eight. Oh, Lord, what shall I say? When Israel turned their backs before their enemies, for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear it and shall um, shall envy us around it and cut off your name in the earth. And what will you do to thy great name? So, Lord, we just lost this great battle. Everybody's going to say around us that we lost. What are we going to do about it? The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you keep lying on the ground? See, this is what salt does. Salt is always good, but in a, in a in a bad circumstance, as hard as it is to get up, salt always gets up. Salt always gets up. Israel has sinned, right? They've transgressed my covenant. You handle that. Get up. Sanctify the people, right? So here's what getting up does. Getting up and changing. See, there's a difference between a lot of people can bounce back, quote unquote, but they don't change. So they keep on bouncing from situation to situation, but in each situation, they never change. So it's one thing to get up, but it's another thing to get up and change. That's what salt does. But what all of what many of us have done, we've gotten so comfortable in our situation that we've literally convinced ourselves, I'm good. I'm okay. See, those are the type of people that are going to go through the ringer later. Because now we didn't have it in us to do the work that it took to change. See, sometimes what we need, and this is what salt does. Sometimes we need a smack in the face to wake us up from our situation. And this is what salt does. Salt wants you to be the best version of yourself. So salt will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. You understand what I'm saying? Salt will tell you what you need to hear. And this is what this is what we all need. We need spouses that are going to tell us what we need to hear. We need boyfriends or girlfriends that are going to tell us what we need to hear. Instead of running to people that just agree with us all the time. We need we need preachers that are going to tell us what we need to hear. We need youth ministers to tell our youth what they need to hear. Because that's what salt does. Your circumstance is not going to change. 
unless you need to unless you hear what you need to hear. You remember uh here's a secular example. Y'all remember in um for you Marvel fans in Avengers Endgame when uh when th- when, when Thor he got really fat, right? And he was in there playing video games and all he was doing was just eating video games and just eating pizza and doing all this. And so the Hulk and Rocket came up and they said, hey, buddy, we need you. He said, no, like, like I'm good. He was in denial because he lost and he never lost. And so they said, look, man, we need you. The world needs you. Right. He needed a smack in the face. Look, bro, what you've become is not who you are. You need to get up. You need to help us. See, sometimes that's what we need to tell people. Look, man, I understand you might not want to change. I understand that you've you've pretty much probably accepted your situation. But let me tell you, because I love you, you're not going to end up where you want to be. Salt is good. But let's go back to our original text as we close in Mark chapter 9. And verse 50. So now, salt is good. But then it says this. But if that salt has lost its saltiness. So how do I lose my saltiness? By not being good in my circumstances. By not being good in my home. By not being good when I'm the only one. By by being quiet. By conforming to what everybody else in my family is doing by conforming to to doing the easy way to find shortcuts, to not wanting to change, that's when you've lost your saltiness. So again, you're not salt. Even if you are going to Bible classes, even if you are going to worship, even if you are doing these things, you're not salt. You've already lost it. Because in your situation, you're not affecting change. And you're not changing either. So you're, you are not salt today. You're not. But if salt has lost its saltiness, Why are you going to use it to season something with? So if you conform just like your family is, how are you going to change them? God said, I can't use you. You're just like them. So how am I going to, how am I going to use you to season them? How am I going to use you to season your spouse? How am I going to use you to season someone at the kind? I can't, I can't use you. He says, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Guys, there might be some things happening in your life right now. Right now, you might be that Christian where things in your home aren't great. You might be in a situation where you're the only one. You might be in a situation where your circumstance is really bad right now. Guess what God is saying to you right now? If you're salt, good. Because salt is good. So now, When we think about this, how will you use your situation to get better and to glorify God? How? How will you use your situation to get better and glorify God? Don't get in this in this rep where you've literally you've you've come to grips with this situation. You've just accepted. Ah, this is just how things are going to be. Please don't be that person. I'm begging you with everything I've got. Please don't be that person. Because if you are, number one, Satan already has you. 
Two, your situation is not going to change. Three, if things actually get better, things in the end for you aren't going to be great. So either way, you're going to lose. But I don't want you to lose. I want you to get better. Salt is good. Let's be good in whatever situation we find ourselves in. That was crazy, right? That was crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to adopt this mindset for myself. You know, no matter what, always be good. No matter what situation, when things are working out, be good. When things aren't, be good. When things are expected, be good. When things are unexpected, be good. Doesn't mean I don't feel it. I feel it. Doesn't mean that um, I don't care. I care. But feel it. Be good. Salt is good. Man, I hope that uh, this was able to help you guys and encourage you. Uh, I know it did me. And actually, I've got this guy's book, and it's coming in today. And I'm going to read that. I'm really excited to read that today. Um, but I'm just I'm just so excited to be able to work and to grow and to help you change. Again, you have my number, call me, right? If you have me on Facebook or Instagram, let me know if you need help, right? Because we just heard a sermon on this this Sunday about asking for help. That's something that we all need because we're all trying to get to heaven together. And sometimes we, we don't ask help because we're ashamed or, you know, um, we're going to be a burden to somebody or I don't want to embarrass myself or I don't want to be broke. We all need it. We all need help. So let's all help each other get better and get to heaven. Appreciate you guys so much. Uh, love you guys. All of this is set out of, out of pure, genuine love for you uh, because I care, because I don't want to see you in this fire. Right? I'm trying to save you out of it. So let me do it. Right? Let me save you. Uh, let me help you and let me do anything I can to uh, help you guys. So I will be back, Lord willing, on Monday with another podcast. Um, and we will see you guys then. Thanks, guys.